I got a new world in my view. Lord, my journey I pursue. I said I'm running, running for the city. I got the new world in my view. I got the new world in my view. Oh, my journey I pursue. Lord, I'm running, running for the city. I got the new world in my view. Come on, get an army. Help me to run this holy righteous way. Can't you hear them? Save your calling. Well, he's knocking at your door today. I've got that new world in my view. Lord, my journey I pursue. I said I'm running, running for the city. I got the new world in my view. Don't he bowed record or he suffered for Jesus Christ. They placed him on an island called Patmos. He had a great revelation sign. I got the new world in my view. Lord, my journey I pursue. I said I'm running for the city. I got the new world in my view. I got that new world in my view. Lord, my journey I pursue. I said I'm running, running for the city. I got the new world in my view. Mm, I got the new world in my view. Lord, my journey I pursue. I said I'm running, running for the city. I got the new world in my view. 21st chapter of Revelation. John talking about the new world. Said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. And that was no more sea. John said, I saw New Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride, a dawn for her husband. Amen. You know, ER, a city that's set on a hill, cannot be here. Certainly, a person is a city. Amen. So let us humble ourselves, dear ones. Get ready for the new world. Prepare yourself to live in that holy city. That same city, that same kingdom that Jesus was talking to his disciples about. When he left them, going on back to his father. Don't forget it. Amen. Said, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe in me also. In my father's house, a many mansion. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'll go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, that ye may be also. Now tell me, dear one, why was Jesus? He was standing on earth talking to his disciples. Amen. Promising them that he's coming back for them. Amen. To live with them here on this earth. Amen. He's going to live with you in your human body and he in the spirit. Amen. So don't get the Bible mixed up. You just keep that same old way that grandma and great grandma and grandpa had. They didn't know any better. God winked at that ignorance and they, they was well blessed for what they knew. And you're going to be cursed for turning the word down. 
Amen. Let the church say amen. Let's wake up now and get in line. I got the new world in my view. The Road to Majority Rule In some spheres has been called the crossing of the River Jordan, which came from Joshua chapter 4, verses 19 to 22. And I quote, And the people came up out of Jordan on the tenth day of the first month, and encamped in Gilgal, in the east border of Jericho. And those twelve stones which they took out of Jordan did Joshua pitch in Gilgal. And he spake unto the children of Israel, saying, When your children shall ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What means these stones? Then ye shall let your children know, saying, Israel came over this Jordan on dry land. I'm on my way on my way Canaan land on my way glory hallelujah I'm on my way well I'm on my way to Canaan land I'm on my way or Canaan land on my way From an article written by David L.E. Fox, he stated that, and I quote, 
when our founding fathers fought against the tyranny of injustice and oppression in the 50s and 60s. They sought a better way of life for their children and for generations yet unborn. With the attaining of majority rule, there was hope of adorning of a new day. A day when everyone would be on equal footing before the bar of justice and the wretched barriers of hatred and prejudice along with the indignities of pitifully low wages would be eradicated." End quote. On this episode of The Youth Perspective, we walk along the journey to majority rule, which left an eternal imprint on our society and even the generations to come will feel the ripples of the courage of a few that affected the lives of many. You may ask, why is this event important? What impact does it have on you as a young person? All of your questions will be answered shortly as we journey along the road to majority rule. On January 10th, 1967, the Bahamas achieved self-governance through democracy. The late Sir Lyndon Pinling was sworn in as Prime Minister on January 14, 1967. Sir Lyndon's democratic election brought majority rule to the Bahamas. According to the Bahamas.gov, and I quote, with the exception of emancipation from slavery in 1834 and the attainment of independence in 1973, there is no event of more consequence and historical importance than the attainment of majority rule on January 10, 1967. End quote. This day indelibly represents the transition from the old Bahamas to the new Bahamas, the point of transition from minority government to majority rule the point of transition to a modern democracy. As we commemorate this defining moment in Bahamian history, we recognize this day belongs to Bahamians, black and white, rich and poor, young and old, city dweller and family islander. Majority rule represents, however, one of the highest pinnacles in the historic and still ongoing struggle of the Bahamian people for economic empowerment for equality of opportunity and for social justice. This day ushered in the opportunity for all Bahamians to have constitutional, political, social, cultural and economic rights, where these rights were not readily accessible. Everyone begins in oppression. That's just the way it works out in history. And so the Church of Israel was a prototype. Egypt was a prototype. Moses is a prototype still. The, the great oppression, I would call in our time, was colonialism. And colonization was really the disintegration of the Roman Empire that became smaller kingdoms in Europe. Those kingdoms were built on defective philosophies of leadership, 
which was created by the Greeks. The Greeks indicated from their conviction that some men were born to be rulers, others were born to be ruled. Their belief system was that uh, some humans were born and chosen by the gods to be the elite, uh, while the masses of us were created by the gods just to be servants or slaves. Uh, that philosophy was a real philosophy for them, and the Romans adopted that. And the Roman Empire uh, became Europe when it disintegrated. And the Europeans, therefore, inherited a philosophy which states that uh, uh, based on certain uh, birth traits, uh, physical characteristics, uh, for example, uh, the Greeks believed that if you were born with sharp nose, blue eyes, blonde hair, and fair skin, then you were designed by the gods to be the leaders. If you have dark skin, and broad nose, and uh, dark eyes, and thick lips, then you were destined by the gods to be a slave. So the issue was not whether you wanted to be a slave or not, or whether you wanted to be a ruler or not. It was a choice of the gods. That philosophy was inherited by the European uh, Roman Empire. And of course, when they obviously colonized the world, all those countries, for example, France, Britain, Portugal, Spain, and uh, you know the, the other nations that became great powerful kingdoms, uh, they had that philosophy. Of course, when they expanded their kingdoms and uh, they discovered new peoples in different areas, they observed the people. Uh, when they went to Africa to get slaves to work on their plantations, I mean, all of them did. That's why there are black people all over these kingdoms, whether it's Spanish or French or whatever. Uh, they obviously concluded that you were born to be slaves to work in our plantations. And you were born to uh, hew wood and serve us water and draw water from the well. And, and that's what you were born to do. In other words, it's not even a choice. Uh, this is why even today that still is still a reality because if a, if a black man gets a PhD, uh, the concept that the oppressor has of him is that he's a smart slave. So it's not a matter that he's equal, he's just an intelligent slave. So that whole concept is still with us. And so we, we have this historical scenario where nations uh, oppressed certain groups of people, and most of them were the majority because the majority served the minority in all these contexts. You know, if you think about Egypt and uh, the children of Israel, uh, you remember the words of Pharaoh. Pharaoh says, these people are multiplying too fast. And they will soon out outnumber us. In other words, the slaves eventually become more than the, than the master. So Randall Fox is quoted stating, and I quote, the end product toward which we strive is the building up of a society which will guarantee to all freedom and opportunity to develop himself or herself to the utmost of his capabilities. This generation of Bahamians will be considered great because of the centuries-old dream. We have created a government in which the majority of people can participate. The road to majority rule was far from a bed of roses, but a grueling, difficult, and oftentimes tested the perseverance and dedication of all those involved. The movement spanned from 1942 to 1967. The road to majority rule mirrored the civil rights movement in the United States with Dr. Martin Luther King.
It was an international event that fanned the flames that burned for social justice and equality in the Bahamas. During this turbulent time, the agitation by laborers for equal pay for equal work, regardless of color or nationality, gave rise to the Burma Road Riots. According to the Caribbean National Weekly, which states, and I quote, The 1942 riot in Nassau was a short-lived impulsive outburst by a group of disgruntled laborers and occurred against the backdrop of a narrow social, economic, political policies. The events of the Burma Road riots came as a result of the agitation by natives. Two rioters were killed by British troops, more than 40 people injured and over 100 arrested. But those unprecedented events also led to long-term overdue reforms." End quote. Mr. Finding, how much freedom do the colored people have in the Bahamas? It's limited, I should say. Uh, limited in education, uh, limited in finance and commerce, uh, an opportunity to reach to the higher spots in certain jobs. So I should say in general, um, not as much as we should have. Is there a color bar in operation? Uh, not so much as there used to be, but I think there still is. No, no women at all? No women at all. No white women have votes? No women at all, white or colored. Do you regard that as democratic? I don't, but I think uh, the ruling clique does. Well, what is the ruling clique? They're composed of um, merchants, who operate along the main street known as Bay Street, whose fathers and forefathers have uh, really been ruling the country for, well, since we took over, since the British took over from the Spaniards. But do you want independence? No, our party does not want independence. We want full internal self-government, but not uh, complete sovereign independence. For women in the Bahamas during those years, the right to vote in political elections was not a norm as they are today. And because of that ease, many take for granted what it takes to make this happen. We owe this honor to the suffrage movement. These Bahamian women and men worked, and I quote, tirelessly together to fight racial, political, and economic injustice in the Bahamas, end quote. This allegiance included freedom fighters such as Georgiana Simonet, Eugenia Lockhart, Althea Mortimer, Alberta M. Isaacs, Doris Johnson, Grace Wilson, Mildred Moxie, Ethel Kemp, Gladys Bailey, Una Prosper Hasty, Veronica Lotmore, Nora Hanna, and Madge Brown. During the years 1959 and 1960, the movement gained considerable ground, advancing petitions and demonstrating publicity for the right to vote. After leading a delegation to London in November 1960, Sir Henry Taylor, accompanied by Dr. Dame Doris Johnson and Eugenia Lockhart, women received the right to vote and exercised those rights on November 26, 1962, during the elections. These new rights for women affected the country's social, economic, and political development. To this day, the effect of women exercising their right to vote has impacted all aspects of national life as women from all sides of the political divide have and continue to make their contributions to the country, holding key positions in many offices throughout our country.
in a little tent. Oh, and just like the river, I've been running ever since. It's been a long, a long time coming, but I know a change gonna come. Oh, yes, it will. It's been too hard living, but I'm afraid to die. I don't know what's up there beyond the sky. It's been a long, a long time coming, but I know a change gonna come. Somebody keep telling me don't hang around. It's been a long, a long time coming, but I know a change gonna come. Oh, yes it will. Then I go to my brother. Say, brother, help me, please. But he winds up knocking me back down on my knees. Oh, there've been times that I thought I couldn't last for long. But I know change gonna come. The road to majority rule came to its peak during the elections of 1967. The Bahamas.gov mentions that, and I quote, all Bahamians benefited in one way or another from the historic event that took place on January 10th, 1967. Majority rule ushered in the opportunity for all Bahamians to have constitutional, political, social, cultural, and economic rights. It also represents, however, one of the highest pinnacles in history and still ongoing struggle of the Bahamian people for economic empowerment, for equality of opportunity, and social justice." End quote. This is indeed a time of celebration and reflection. As we look at the impact of our nation, because of majority rule. It must be that the average man making the average salary with children to educate to university level, that they see not a glass ceiling, but opportunities that give rise to hope as we work to build the best little country in the world. For the listeners of the youth perspective, you weren't sure of this day's importance. Think ahead to the Bahamas future and think what kind of Bahamas we would have if we lived in a Bahamas without the road to majority rule. Oh, 
Majority rule. This has been Cashigan Jamal Adderley. Thank you so much for listening in.